Hello and welcome to Under the Skin from Luminary with me, Russell Brand. I spoke to Marianne Williamson this week. You know who Marianne is. She's an author, spiritual leader, political activist. She stood for the candidacy for the Democrat Party, didn't she, a year or so ago. She was known as Oprah's spiritual advisor, appeared on Oprah's show many, many times. And it was really cool when she was in that democratic debate where she said, if you think any of this wonkiness is going to deal with this dark psychic force of the collectivized hatred that this president is bringing up in this country, I'm afraid the Democrats are going to see some very dark days. I liked that quote and I talked to her about it. Uh, have a listen to it. If you'd like to listen to the rest of this podcast and all my weekly Under the Skin podcast, all you have to do is download Luminary and you can get a subscription for as little as two ninety nine a month with their annual plan plus a seven-day free trial to get started. That's if you buy a year's worth, like 28 quid or something. Right, and then you'll get also my new podcast, Above the Noise. It's a guided meditation. So that's, you know, it's hours and hours of content, hours and hours. It's good value, I think. It's not available in all markets yet, but please God, it will be soon. And it is subject to local currency, you know. Can we buy it on Bitcoin yet? Don't know. Got to do it on Bitcoin. Do the you have Bitcoin? Love the... No, do you? No. I don't even fully know what it is yet. Let's do... We've got to learn about it. Let's get a Bitcoin expert on here. Yeah, okay. Why won't... Get him on. Okay. Banter decanter. Did you enjoy the conversation? What did you eat during that? I didn't eat anything during it. Quavers, what's it? Quavers. Smith so Square. What do you like? Tell me your Irish Tatoes. snacks. What are they called? Them crisps? Tatoes. Tatoes. <laughs> Have you got any confectionery over there that's your own Irish stuff? Uh, I don't know. Because they would just be normal to me, right? You would come over Dairy here. Dairy milk. Huh? Dairy milk. Don't cause trouble, Jen. That is a very, very English thing. <laughs> that is the kind of thing. But I used to drive by the dairy milk factory at the, on the way to school. Oh, did you? Yeah. Sat in the back of your little wagon, going past the dairy milk factory. Wagon. What a sweet... No, but go by the leisure place. Sweet tail. <laughs> shaking hands of old man Cadbury himself, was you? Huh. Supping on a cream egg as you passed. Oh. <laughs> so... Justin says my voice is good, does he? Yeah, he thinks it's really good. He was really complimentary. Way more compliments than I've ever given Why you. Why don't we put all of his compliments into a little thing and we play it on the podcast? <laughs> That's an interesting item. <laughs> compliments. <laughs> do you want me to just do box pops of people complimenting you? We could do that, Jen. It'll be nice. It'll be nice you. to have a compilation of compliments. <laughs> you can play at night. I'd listen to them in the day, Jen, before I see you. Oh. That's when I would play them. Or after. Might be... No, Jen, I'd come into it strong. <laughs> then I wouldn't okay. need you in this way. Now, uh, now, Marianne Williamson is good because she's had this political experience. I challenged her about the Biden administration. One of my favourite bits in this conversation is when I said, do you think that the Democrats would prefer that Bernie lost and give up a term to Trump than have the Democrat party controlled by someone who is a sincere leftist? That's, one of the, that's a good bit of the chat, don't you think? Yeah. Didn't you say that? And oh, you said that with Glenn as well, didn't you? I'm always saying it now. Oh. I started to realise it. I started to realise it might be an important point about the way that politics functions, Jane. I don't know what you think. Yeah, because he said that it was the same with Corbyn. That's right. He did say the same with Corbyn. You're going to love this Glenn Greenwald episode when it comes up. So I'm very intense, very brilliant, strong communicator. Yeah. Oof. Very nice. <laughs> I invited myself around his house. Didn't yeah, I? that was weird. You did that with Annie Lennox too. What is this with certain people? Sometimes I want to go around their house. Because you want to snoop? It's not a snoop. It's I can imagine myself there. But, oh. I mean, I'm sure when it came to it. I miss Annie Lennox, actually. Annie Lennox, I hope you're listening. 
I was we love you. Top of the Pops and she was on it. Huh? <laughs> I was watching Top of the Pops. And she was what there. was it? Sweet Dreams are made of these? Yeah. It was that one? Yeah, it was like 1980 something. She stood there with Dave Stewart. She was singing that, short hair. Yeah, she still has short hair. Achingly beautiful. Yeah. What do you want from life? Um. Okay, hold on. We've not had any banter. That Is that not... Annie Lennox banter? Well, there's no banter. Then, I'm not ridiculed you. Maybe I ridiculed oh, you a so bit the about... So banter means ridicule. <laughs> Playful <laughs> teasing, Jen. Necessary today. It's the way that we communicate lovingly. It's what people do, Jingo. Okay. Normal people. Can you communicate with people who don't like that? Yeah, but it's a bit more flat and dry, just like an exchange of Ritz crackers instead of a glorious <laughs> quivering trifle with jelly and sherry and cream and custard and everything you'd expect from a lovely quivering trifle or spilling all over your lap like silly old trifle or getting caught in your hair and in your britches silly old trifle at the bottom of your welly squelching between your toes silly old trifle slowly going off maggots writhing writhing into an open wound and an abscess on a foot full of maggots eggs that, Jen, is the glory of love. Ugh. <laughs> Listener shout-outs, and I know for a fact we've got a jingle about that. Listener shout-outs. Yeah, it's your hip-hop one. Good. Erskine Lenier, listening to Luminary in California, USA, says, Thank you, Russell, and your... I think there's a typo here. Lovely sidekick, Jenny May Finn. That's a typo. I love your podcast as you two and those you interview have leveraged me even further into the moment and out of hidden beliefs that I've been about for so long. Well done, Erskine Lanier. Jonathan Hughes says, a big hats off to you, Russell. I love the way you were deeply moved by your interview with Vandana. Many... I can hear you back there. What's the problem? What's the problem this week, Jen? No, because you didn't like it that people kept saying that. Saying what? You were deeply moved. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't I, Jen? Why well, didn't I? I can't say what you thought it was. Weakness, vulnerability? Yeah. Yeah. Vulnerability. But I allowed it to happen, Jen. I allowed the shift to take place within me. Yeah. <sighs> Thank you for shining a light where you do. <laughs> And for joining the dots that you do. <laughs> it's a dirty image, that, isn't it? Shining a light and joining some dots. That if you just, Why? It, I just imagine it being on what? some sort of crevice. A dot? <laughs> the light. <laughs> and the dots are within the crevice. Oh. It's sort of taking are place in the sort of... dots? Yeah, it's in a foot <laughs> clinic and they're moles or perhaps they're... No. They're verrucas. <laughs> they're verrucas, Jen. You don't see it that way. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Russell, mate, he says. I take it as a personal wake-up call. Anyway, look, Jonathan, yeah, thanks, man. I loved that chat with her. It was, a, it was beautiful. Remember, I'm doing a new med- meditation podcast every Wednesday. Listen to it. Comment on it. Tell me what you think, even if you're a beginner or if you're actually a llama listening to this sort of in Tibet and you've like, been doing spiritual stuff since you were four years old, taken from your family, groomed into a life of spirituality. We'd love to hear from you, if you don't mind, if you've got the time. And remember to get my book, Revelation. Join up to the mailing list on russellbrand.com. Live events will be coming soon. You'll hear about them first. We'll be doing some live events, won't we, Jen? You'll be there, Jen. Why will I do? Well, you'll be in a sort of some sort of boiler suit. 
I think. And you're possibly wearing a very tight cap. A sort of a rubbery cap. What? A sort of swimming cap. Tighten up. Really restrictive across your... Really no, binding your brow. I don't like this brow. outfit. Have you ever worn a swimming cap? Yeah. <laughs> <Were> <laughs> what? Have you? Never. And were you swimming at the time, Jen? Or was it just on when you were one of your little yeah. Norwich trotabouts? No, swimming. Ooh, where were you? In a swimming pool. Which one? Whereabouts? I don't know. I've been in loads across my Which life. Which one were you wearing? And what colour was it? Them. I don't know. Green? No. Red? No. I think it was probably blue. Probably went for the blue. I think I had a white one, but... A white one. And would you wear little <laughs> goggles? Were you a good little swimmer? Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. I was dreaming I had goggles on. Exactly. That's right, Jen. Why? I'm finding my way into your unconscious <laughs> mind, Jen. And that's when I'll lay yeah, my I eggs. goggles on in my dream. Why were you wearing goggles oh, in I'm your assuming dream? I was in water. Where were you? <laughs> Some water. There was someone else there, I think. Who was it? I don't know. What did you feel about the person? Did you like them? Did I think they the gobble, you, goggles. Did they have goggles on too? <laughs> So one of the goggles wasn't working, I don't think. Of course they weren't. You can't see clearly, Jen. The goggles don't work, Jen. Your perspective is warped. No. Now, you're lost in the water, Jen. You're drowning in your perspective. There's oh, a dog loose in the water. There's a dog loose in the woods. There's a dog loose in the woods, Jen. There's a dog loose in the woods. <laughs> That's from Watch It Now. All right. So, listen, let me know what you think about everything. Tell me your intimate feelings on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn. You'll find me if you want me. And if you want to send me an email, if you need help, help at Russell Brown. We'll connect you to communities that will help you. We have volunteers and indeed people that pay to do that now, to direct you towards the correct facility if you're ill in some way, mostly mentally health illness, for God's sake, obviously. All right. I remember to go and meditate and all that stuff. And should we get in with Marianne Williamson? Do you think she's listening to this? No. Of our th- nor do I. Now, of our three conversations, Jen, mm-hmm. not me, me and you, we've had many <laughs> conversations, sadly, uh, but of me and Marianne Williamson. Yeah, this one. Was the best, would yeah. you say? Yeah. Because the first one was quite challenging. Yeah. That's when we went to... Palm, when I did it, we did our Palm Springs 24-hour 24 trip. 48-hour And then we were in Palm Springs for a bit. Yep. Some sort of yoga thing. Yeah, that was quite stressful. Was for it? me. Why? Because I had to manage everything. Oh, terrible, isn't it? Yeah. Terribly we challenging. We had that, that driver who was kind of like a complete cop. Was he? Yeah. Did I like him? Yeah, because he was just, he couldn't make eye contact with you. Remember, he was American and he was just always talking in like 10-4 or whatever. 10-4, yes, sir, Roger. Roger that, sir. Yeah, and then the BA guy was the exact opposite, that British guy. Right, come on, mate. Let's me and you just sit down. Sir, you're infringing on the client's personal space. Would you mind stepping off? Yeah. Then you got stuck in secondary. Oh, yeah, always. My little sit down for the naughty years of yesterday. All right. So let's get Marianne Williamson on. Yeah. Here she is. Trying to achieve equality with the annihilation of category is not a successful route. Yes, that's, that's, that's exactly right. We're in this era where it turns out we were never the boss. It doesn't look like an ideology. What's beneath the surface of people we admire, of the ideas that define our time, the history we are told? And welcome to Russell Brand. Under the skin. I wonder, like, I know that like, with your sort of famous work, on something like a like a course in miracles and the kind of unique and groundbreaking territory that you have occupied in bringing quite complex spiritual ideas to a really really big audience it's difficult not to 
rely on a kind of rather hacky idea of a resurrected Christ and what a resurrected Christ would do in this political space. And when we talk about, you know, an additional $300, and I, I grew up in an ordinary working class single parent family, and, you know, that, that's the difference between a bailiff at the door coming to get the TV and not. And But what I feel like is with the, the opioid crisis and how that sort of, in a sense, takes place at a, the, the, the judicial level of, as you say, slap on a hand, eight billion fine, right? That's sort of to a degree dealt with, you know, Something that I know you will be aware of and I imagine you've had to exclude from your discourse as you've entered more deeply into the political sphere is that people don't you don't get an opioid epidemic without a deep spiritual crisis. And the fact that it's at the level that it is indicates a, uh, a, a, an astonishing um, pain, body, a nationwide pain body like how how. And who and when can these kind of ideas be discussed in a political sphere? Because I think this is where the hunger is. This is where the appetite is. And this is where the, you know, the technocratic wonkiness, it doesn't touch the sides. And I think that the danger of these incremental $300 here and there reforms is this burgeoning sense of these people are full of shit. These people are full of shit. Give me something with meaning. Give me some energy. Give me some energy. Suddenly dark psychic forces enter and we're like, I'm on board. This, at least this is real in some way. Well, I couldn't agree with you more. And as someone who ran for president for the exact reason that you just said, I also see how the system works to try to guarantee that such a person uh, will be peripheralized. They have a pre-prescribed conversation, which is very different than what you just said, because what you just said uh, counters, obstructs and undermines their economic model. So they have a pre-prescribed conversation, which does not include what you just said. They have a pre-prescribed set of candidates who do not go where you just went. Anyone else, they will do whatever it takes. I've seen the character assassination. I've experienced the uh, politics of personal destruction. She's wacky. She's crazy. She's uh, anti-science. She's, uh, you know, I, I've seen what they will do. But I also saw how easily people were duped. So it's time for enough people who agree as in the things that you said, next time there's a candidate who is saying it, don't be so easily duped. And support if you see a candidate who's standing up and saying what you and your heart believe needs to be said, which by definition is the 21st century conversation that we're having in every other area. I mean, in every other area, whether it's agriculture or business or science or healing, people are now in the 21st century. We're talking reparative. We're talking regenerative. We're talking reform. We're talking holistic. We're talking integrative. We're talking whole person. We're talking saving the planet. We're talking sustainability. Then you've got this dinosaur of a political system stuck somewhere in 1987. But they, they are are spin doctors and they weave their magic. They weave this, this, this fiction that they're the only people qualified. Only the people who drove us into this ditch should possibly be considered qualified to drive us out of the ditch. So now it takes people getting the mindfuck that's involved there. That's the next step. Uh, I think, I hope that my candidacy opened the space for more people. Uh, if one of two things would happen, uh, somebody would say, well, she said it. I, why not say it? Other people might say, yeah, but look what they did to her. But I think a lot of people realize what they did. And so 
there are, you know, I'm just having the same conversation everybody's having. I just had it within the political sphere. And I think that we are moving closer. And um, now next time they try to do that, you know, people in this country are so, we saw what they did to Bernie in 2016. We saw what they did to Bernie in 2020. Some people can see what they, what they did to me, how the game is played. And uh, there's, there's this, the yearning that you were talking about for, for that which is authentic and true within the political sphere is going to somehow break through. I don't know how because people don't know, well, do we run third party or do we run as progressives within the Democratic Party? And then the Democratic establishment uh, sidelines the progressives. But then on the other hand, if we want third party, we could be Joel Stein and bring a Trump. These are questions, painful conundrums that we're living with. But I have faith that the energy is gonna just, it's gonna blast forward for the very reason you said, people have had enough. And we realize that nothing less than the survivability of our species is at stake. It's not just the survivability of our democracy. In some cases, it is the survivability of our species for another hundred years. Yeah, that's amazing, Marianne. Thank you. Thank you. Now, yeah, I feel like you must have gone through a lot of, uh, what, a lot of pain there. How, like, I'm sure before you make a decision, like, I'm going <laughs> to run for the presidency, I'm sure a, a, a woman with your experience doesn't enter that arena lightly. Never, nevertheless, were there things about the opposition that you faced that surprised you? I mean, it seems just listening to you unpack it, for the first time I've realized that the Democrats would rather sacrifice a term to Trump than sacrifice their party to Bernie. So their political ideology is, in a sense, it's warped and it's not actually about what is best for ordinary American people. Like It's almost like that's become some um, idea on the horizon that's difficult to make out. How, what kind, of, was there anything about the experience of running that surprised you, both about the machinery of the Democratic Party, the behavior of the media, what it was like, you know, whether gender and sex came into it, spirituality, what, what were the things that sort of surprised you and hit you, I suppose I mean on a personal level? I suppose it's a little naive to have felt this way, but I was surprised at the viciousness um, I was surprised at the unholy alliance between, clearly between the political establishment and the media. Um, clearly, if uh, Tom Perez lifts an eyebrow, Anderson Cooper runs with it three days later. Uh, I was surprised by the lack of ethics of so many journalists, how they will use an anonymous tweet as a source how they will decide what their take is on an issue. Not all journalists, some journalists are fair, but far too many of them decide on their take on an issue or on a person before they even write the article. And when they find out any facts of the contrary, they don't care. And I was surprised by what you just said, which is clearly there are some people who would have preferred that Trump win another term than to have Bernie Sanders be uh, the candidate. I was on the inside uh, of, you know, I was in the belly of that beast. I saw it, I saw it up close and personal. And um, I was, 
but you know, when you asked me what I was surprised about, Russell, as much as I was surprised by how deeply vicious and corrupt and, and, um, and um, absolutely unwilling to open itself to any other perspectives than its own of the political media industrial complex. I was equal, equally exhilarated by the intelligence and decency and dignity of the voters. So it's like two parallel universes. There, you talk to voters and you can't believe how cool they are, how knowledgeable they are, how, how everything that you just described they are, how like, yeah, they are, how, yes, I'm open to think about that. Well, I hadn't thought about it that way. Like really everything that you would hope for. And then you leave that event and you, and you open up your, your phone and you see how the system is operating and, and on social media and their articles, they are two parallel universes. And what's happened, and they, and they, I think, reflect the two parallel universes of the simultaneous phenomena happening in the world today. Everything that we need, you're an example of it, many people are examples of it. We don't have a dearth of geniuses on this planet. We don't have a dearth of people with new ideas. We don't have a dearth of people who know how to turn things around, whether it has to do with our food supply, our water, our agriculture, business, science, medicine. There are people who know what to do. They are not resourced by huge corporate entities because they do not deliver short-term corporate profits and in many cases undermine short-term uh, profits. So the old system, the old uh, breed of capitalism and the, and the unholy alliance, which is basically fascistic between government and those corporate entities, they're not stupid. Well, I think a lot of the people in government actually are, but these CEOs are not. But they just want to squeeze every last dollar out of where they are now before they are forced to transition. Right. We don't have time. We don't have time for that. We don't have time. So now they're greenwashing. You have big agricultural companies saying they're investing in regenerative agriculture. You have fossil fuel companies saying they're investing in green energy. No, they're not. They're doing little tiny things to make you think they're really nice guys when they're not. And so it's a race for time right now. It's a race for time. The conversation is coalescing. The consciousness is coalescing. And now we have to have enough people who are willing to transform that consciousness into actual political force. And we'll see who, we'll see whether or not we get there in time. Other great civilizations have crashed and burned. And we need to uh, snap out of our magical thinking, which would make us think it couldn't happen to us. That's cool. Well, I like, um, you know, when you say that about the greenwashing and the tiny little reforms and we're investing in this and the sort of social gestures around uh, the rights of women or the rights yeah. of anybody, I feel these things are, this is not where change is going to come from. This is not where change is going to come from. Um, I also, even when we, when you had not long launched your campaign and we had a conversation at our mutual friend, Jeff Krasno's place, Wanderlust in Los Angeles, I was obviously, you know, we were somewhat preaching to the converted given it was at a yoga center, but I felt like, by God, I felt like your, the, your rhetoric was spot on. I feel like, you know, I felt like, oh, wow, this stuff's in the conversation now. This is what's important to me. This has entered the conversation. Having watched it, play out and uh, you know props for your boldness in being willing to go in there it feels like a kind of a confirmation that this you know like any party that's willing to sacrifice its raison d'etre government in order that the general ideals of their party survive and their sort of um 
I don't know, their sort of primogeniture, their sort of political primogeniture of like Clinton, Biden, Clinton, Biden, <laughs> forever. <laughs> like a, don't leave out. Obama was the, there are several puppet masters there. Don't leave out Obama. Yes, yes, I feel you, I feel you. I feel like, you know, and I agree with what you're saying about like people more broadly. It, like, you know, it, where you, like when, it, before I'd been to America, I had like certain, like, oh, right, it's only LA and New York where that's worth going to. And I drove across America one time and like, it was like everyone's sort of smart and people are talking to you about Noam Chomsky and service stations in Kansas, you know, like, and people like are willing to explore some pretty out there ideas. And in a sense, we don't, we have to explore some, pretty out there ideas i feel like this has provoked an anecdote in you marianne well it is a it is a fiction that the only cool people are on the coast and i'm sure that you can look at the numbers of where people are watching your uh program i mean the same conversation that we had as you said at the yoga studio in la what was exciting for me is how many people in iowa they're not stupid mm. they get it how many people in new hampshire they're not stupid they get it how many people in nevada how many people in south carolina so the the opportunity is so um, it is so there. I feel that the, this larger, new, emergent yearning and conversation is not, uh, not only is it not in any one area of the United States, it's not in any one area of the globe. It's something coming up from the bottom of things. It's not in any one ethnicity. It's not in any one nationality. It's not in any one um, culture. It's something coming up from the bottom of things and it's everywhere. We need to harness it for political purposes. And that's what that collectivized hatred, dark psychic forces of collectivized hatred, that's what, it, that's what uh, Nazism is. That's what uh, white supremacy is. It's th that consciousness collectivized and operationalized. So we now have to take the higher consciousness, love, mercy, justice, sustainability, devotion, reverence for life and for planet, and harness it and collectivize it and operationalize it for political purposes. I think, yeah, God, that's, I agree with you. That seems like that is what must happen. Well, if you're enjoying that conversation, please join me over at Illuminary for the rest of our discussion and for all the latest episodes of Under the Skin. Go to luminarypodcast.com to start your free trial. Edward Snowden's on there, Glenn Greenwald next week, Yoga with Adrienne soon. Um, Robert McFarlane Robert McFarlane soon you'll see that Snowden's on there JP Jordan Peterson's on there Vandana Shiva I mean it's just it's a good podcast I've got to say thanks from Luminary thank you for listening to Under the Skin Goodbye So friend